So each Joker's card is a mirror and Jay wants, and Jay and Shaggy want you to hold the mirror up to yourself and be like, okay, how can I be better? What's good about what I do? What's bad? And like, that is super important to the ICP mythos. Yo, it's Hatchet Chat with lures and snacks. Your juggalo homies talking hatchet tracks. There's hatchet beats and hatchet raps. The whole catalog's packed full of classic gems. And we talk about them all on Hatchet Chat. Chat. Whoop, whoop. What up, y'all? MC Snacks here. Lurz and I got another remastered episode for you this week. This was the fourth episode of Hatchet Chat Lars ever did, and it was originally released on his YouTube channel on March 12, 2018. It is about Carnival of Carnage, the very first Joker's card. I had a lot of fun listening to this one again, and I hope you homies do too. Enjoy. Juggalos. Rap historians. The era of the first six Joker's cards is here it took to this ep episode four but i've got chills there's so much to talk about and i just want to say a shout out to icp for bringing me out for dark carnival games con shout out to fago lovers for continuing to promote the series shout out to you guys for staying with me so here we go i got chills man it's diamond rain shangri-la is near carnival carnage came out on october 18th 1991 they pressed 2000 cassettes and it didn't go gold until 2010, but like that was ambitious to print 2000 cassettes. This was the second official Psychopathic Records release after Dog Beats and when they were coming up with the name, Shaggy drew two different ideas. He drew the famous, you know, Hatchet Man that we all know. The other idea he was trying to pitch was called Mad Paperboy Records. So the Hatchet guy would be running with a newspaper and a bag of of newspapers and that was their other idea and Alex was like, "No, let's go with the Hatchet Man. Otherwise, this would be called Paperboy Chat, not Hatchet Chat. So, Alex, good choice. This comedy shit's getting old. ICP were finding it was hard to market themselves as like a gangster rap group because, first of all, people were like, you guys are white boys, we're not gonna play you on the radio. Second of all, it just wasn't original. So, a few things were working for them. Their friend Don had dressed up on stage as a clown and done backflips and stuff. Uh, the original ICP logo had a jester holding uh, the logo like a marionette. And um, Violent J was like, you know, we got to stand out somehow. So they had a few other names. They were like, let's keep the ICP. That's our brand, but let's rebrand it. And some, some of the ideas they had were Ice Cold Pimps, Inner City Players, Inner City Psychos, Insane Crazy Psychos, and none of them seemed to fit. And that's when Jay was like, yo, I got it. Insane Clown Posse. So we got to talk about some of their influences because they loved this dude, Isham, who was one of the inventors of horrorcore. He called his genre acid rap years before Chance the Rapper, right? I ain't acid rap, but I rap on acid. He was really influenced by the Ghetto Boys. And there was a cover of Isham, Homie Don't Play, in reference to the Living Color skit, right? Homie Don't Play That. Where he's hanging out in the car looking like a crazy clown. And Jay was in the record store and he asked the record, the, the guy behind the counter is like, does Isham always dress like this on stage? And he's like, nah, that's just for the album cover. So there's all this imagery of like clown metaphors and all this stuff. And Jay says in Behind the Paint, they weren't really into carnivals and clowns as kids, but they thought it would be a cool technique because Don had left the group. They were like, why don't we put clown makeup on? By the way, it's harder to tell what race they are, right? They could be rapping as, it doesn't, skin color doesn't matter. ICP was like, all right, so Isham is rapping about devils. He calls himself the unholy. That's like some wicked, wicked stuff. We won't quite go that far, but we'll dress up as these vigilante, crazy clowns who kill people who deserve to be killed. And that was the whole concept for the project. And boom, I know this is Malenko, but like, 
Come on, that's huge, that's huge. So Jay went home that night shaking with anticipation and joy. And he's up all night like freaking out, hanging out, lying next to his girlfriend. He has this image and he describes it so well in Behind the Paint. He's like, all right, well, I had this image of this clown this giant clown walking around with a blue and pink jester hat and he's holding cards and he's holding a stack of six Joker's cards and as he's walking, he's dropping each one, right? Oh shoot, it's just so sick. He's dropping each one. Then Jay imagines he flies up higher than like the tallest skyscrapers in Detroit and he looks down and it's this traveling carnival. What? The dark carnival. And it's moving and it's traveling and all these creatures are there and it's going towards a giant city. And this is where Jay's dream gets crazy. He then has this vision of hearing the sounds of hell, right? Hearing everyone who's punished and being like tortured in hell. And he hears that as he sees the, the, the carnival coming towards the city. And in Behind the Paint, he talks about how like, after this, every great idea, the inspiration came just from them not thinking, like being a channel for this divine idea of the dark carnival. And I think that is so dope. Like this album sets the scene for that, right? Violent J was a big fan of Nostradamus and he'd always quote, always quote Nostradamus saying, in the end, time will consume us all. So what does that mean? Like, of course we all die, right? But like the world will end and the idea is he sees this jester dropping these cards after the sixth one, it's curtains, it's game over. Like that's the judgment day. And that's when the big secret will be revealed. Some of y'all know what that is, right? Some of the hardcore fans, most of you know what it is, but we'll lead up to that because it's super cool. So each Joker's card is a mirror and Jay wants, and Jay and Shaggy want you to hold the mirror up to yourself and be like, okay, how can I be better? What's good about what I do? What's bad? And like, that is super important to the ICP mythos. The floodgate had opened. This record has some cool samples. This is when they finally hooked up with Mike Clark. They were like kind of mad at Chuck Miller and Miller Midi Productions. So the Jay was flipping through the phone book like, okay, let's find someone. So they call up this studio. The guy picks up the phone. He's like, hello. And Jay's like, yo, do you guys do rap? They go, sure. He's obviously distracted. And Jay's like, who do you do? And he's like, I don't know, Esham, Kid Rock, everybody. These are the two biggest names in Detroit. So Jay's like, yo. So they go over, they meet with Mike Clark and they're like, this dude in, chilling in Ferndale with this scruffy studio, let's see what he does. And they were so impressed by how quickly he worked. This album has some dope samples. Mike Clark samples Beastie Boys and Black Sabbath on Never Had It Made. Of course, Jay's revisiting the Wizard of the Hood theme again. So there's the Wizard of Oz samples. One of my favorite tracks, he samples the theme, they sample the theme from Halloween. Let's talk about some of the important songs on this record. Rebel Flag is a classic banger. And this is their definitive anti-racist song. And like in all this like controversy of like how, it just makes me so angry that, that people even discuss having Confederate general statues up. Like, oh, it's history, bro. That was a symbol for racism, a symbol for hatred, a symbol for owning people. And Violent J calls the racists out on this song. And I love that, Violent J and Shaggy. And I'm gonna say that's like, I know politically like, oh, you shouldn't be like, having a political point. ICP's like, yo, we're dissing the alt-right 
30 years before that even became a thing. I think this track is dope. And it's like holding the mirror up. Then kids would say, yo, my parents are racist. And I heard that song and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be racist. Racism and prejudice suck. So like, I think that's that's like, even though it's profane and like very sexual and like inappropriate in a way, this song has good morals, as I often say. Black in Your Eyes, this is, as Jay and Shaggy admitted, this is a scandalous song that they wrote to be controversial about domestic violence and it's supposed to be funny. It's kind of like a little cringy in terms of like how they're trying to be edgy, but they both said we're just trying to be scandalous. I'm not like other guys. I'm quick to black in your eyes. Guess who's rolling with the ICP? The black devil coming straight from the deep. Originally, they were going to get their um, hero, Awesome Dre, who uh, I don't know if I've talked about before, but he was a Detroit legend who was famous for dissing Kumo D and LL Cool J. And like, I recommend checking out You Can't Hold Me Back. I was listening to it early this week for context. It's a really great record. He uses all these big words. He's a master of philology. I was like, philology? I had to look up, that's like a, someone who loves words. So yeah, Awesome Dre's dope. And so they saw Isham, they're like, yo, Awesome Dre's gonna be on our record. Isham's like, what are you paying him? They're like, 500. Nishan's like, all right, well, if you give me 500, I'll do the verse now. So ICP calls up Awesome Dre like, yo, we lost the tapes. We lost the studio reel, which is kind of impossible because they don't leave the studio and it's like as huge as a tire. And Awesome Dre's like, okay, whatever. But anyway, Ishan's on the track and they had this idea to have Ishan produce some of their jams because they were like, Ishan is producing us. It would look like he's putting us on, right? This legendary horrorcore rapper bringing out these artists. ICP were so smart with their marketing. Also, they were like, they were having trouble getting their records in stores, so they figure if distributors saw, oh, Isham's on this record, this is they must be big, they get it into stores. Taste features some samples from Isham's other songs, which is awesome. They sample word after word from Booming Words From Hell. Which is kind of cool because it's like Isham's like, yeah, you can use my samples or I don't know if he said that, but it got this image that like he was putting them on. Then they get Kid Rock on the record. They get that hookup through Mike Clark because Mike Clark, they say, yo, can you call him? Because Mike Clark had been producing Kid Rock. Now uh, Mike Clark does Kid Rock's monitor mix on tour, but he calls him up and Kid Rock's like, what'd you pay Isham? 500, I'll do it for 600. So he comes to the session, he's famously drunk and messed up and messes it up. And then he comes back the next day and, and Jay says, Jay, as Jay says, he schooled his verse. I don't really, I'm not feeling how Kid Rock is dropping the N word on this song. I'm just saying like, White people, rappers shouldn't say the N-word. That's my opinion. Y'all could disagree, but I'm, I'm gonna stand by that opinion. So with Kid Rock and Isham on the record, the album gets distribution and it's like super exciting. They don't stop promoting it. They don't stop promoting dog beats. They keep going hard on the promo. So they have their first show at St. Andrews Hall. So at this point, John Kick Jazz, who's, who's uh, Shaggy's brother, he was on dog beats and on a few tracks on this song he decides to leave the group because he was spending more time with his girlfriend and he just felt like it wasn't his thing really he didn't like the clown paint so they're like oh god what are we gonna what are we gonna do we don't our homies left the band icp is a group all the promo has three of us so the first show they have their friend greasy who raps on in the howl he comes and uh, does john kick jazz's parts and it goes well but they're like they get to the point where they're like all right well we, we we're gonna just try it as a duo. So after their first sold out show at St. Andrews Hall, they play a show at a venue called The Magic Bag, which they sell out. And so Isham is like, I want you to play my album Kill the Fetus, which is 70 minutes long. So after openers go on, 
they play Isham's new record in entirety. The crowd's getting restless. They're chanting ICP, ICP, which Jay says is the first time that happened. And their manager, Alex Abbas, is like, you guys gotta go on. The crowd's getting restless. It's been like a half hour of Isham's record. Isham's like nervously pacing. He's supposed to come out and do the song Taste with them. Violent Chain Shaggy, like, I don't know what to do. So Alex goes and cuts the song. Isham comes out with his wireless mic, right? This is like, this is a momentous moment in ICP history. And Isham goes, yo, I just wanna say, ICP have an effed up manager. And the crowd pops and goes crazy. And then Isham and his boy from uh, Nadas, they duck out the back door. So Jay and Shaggy come on stage and they're like, what the heck? We're just, what do we do? Like this, this, this local rapper just dissed our boy, our manager, and he's out. This huge rapper who's like our big cosign. So what happens? They start doing the song and there's a kid in the front row flipping Violent Jay and Shaggy off. Because this is the first show without their third member, they decide to liven things up and have a tub of Fago on stage instead of water to kind of make things more theatrical. And they rap about Fago, right, to like hold it down. Jay grabs a soda and he just whips it at the kid doing the middle finger. So Shaggy grabs a soda and starts throwing it. And this was the first example of Fago being thrown at a show. So the club manager comes on, tries to get the Fago off stage because they're destroying the place. Alex gets in a fight with her as pandemonium, but that was the beginning of everything. So if Isham hadn't gone on stage and dissed Alex, would ICP be throwing Fago? What would ICP have been like with three members? Um, John Kick Jazz, rest in peace, passed away a few years ago and his story's kind of like, it's really tragic. Like they kind of didn't talk much and he had a lot of addiction problems and he was broken hearted. He moved back in with Joey's mom, uh, Shaggy Two Dope's mom and like sad story. You can check, I'll put in the comments the video where they reminisce about what happened, but um, he spoke at the Gathering of the Jugglers. They did a seminar at the third Gathering of the Jugglers, and he was like a celebrity, and Shaggy and him talked afterwards, and it was like one of the last times they really hung out. So this is Carnival of Carnage. We set the stage for the incredible saga of the Joker's cards. I'm MC Lars. Insane Clown Posse means so much to me as a rapper, as a performer, as a human. Please subscribe for more Hatchet Chats. I'll see you guys at DCGCon, and uh, thanks again for checking it out. And, oh, I also make other songs too. Anyway, see you later and peace. Have a good week, y'all.